Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the Billy D's Podcast. Well, hello everyone and welcome. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Billy Dees. I'm absolutely thrilled that you are here. If you have never checked out our program before, we are primarily a commentary and an interview podcast. You can find the Billy Dees podcast pretty much anywhere. Podcasts are found, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, on down the line. We are now, recently, we're on uh, YouTube, YouTube, Billy D's Podcast, and Facebook, Billy D's Podcast. We just uh, started those two platforms here recently, but you can find us there as well. What we are going to talk about today is American politics, and I say that because new listens are coming in all the time from all over the world No matter where you are from, welcome, welcome, welcome. Glad you are here. The election is heating up here in the United States, largely because the election date is getting closer. And the debates somehow have become an issue of debate. A Supreme Court vacancy has opened up, which really is one of the key areas where the president, who the president is, is is more vital, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. And uh, just the whole the whole atmosphere now is 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 heating up. And quite frankly, you know this whole election cycle. Uh, I can remember when people generally knew who the president of the United States was, but we really didn't talk about the president that much. And we certainly didn't talk about the next election that much until maybe the last year of the term of the current president. But now the election cycle is every four years, the day after the election, it starts. And I don't know how it happened, but we're going to talk about a little bit what led up to that. And we're going to talk about how, Now in the United States, we are presented with brands more so than we are with statesmen who are really going to talk about the nuances of an issue and what they're going to do to correct it. And I'm going to put the blame for a lot of that. It's easy to say, well, that's what politicians do, but that's what we respond to. That's one of the pitfalls of a democratic government is that you, you really have to rely on some degree of the wisdom of the people. And 
the reason, one of the reasons why pure democracies generally don't work is because of that. You can't rely on the wisdom of the general people, and sometimes you can't rely on their ethics or their morality. I mean, at different points in history, if, if you could point at any given area and say something like human rights being put up for a vote, would that, how would that work out? That's why here in the United States, we have a constitution. We have a, a certain guideline for things that are non-negotiable. And we have a representative go to the government and hopefully educates themselves on different issues and votes on our behalf. That's one of the things that with Brexit, for example, a lot of people in the United Kingdom after that vote was done regretted their vote, no matter how they voted on it, because they, they really didn't they didn't educate themselves on the finer points of that issue. And that's one of the reasons here again why we have a representative republic. And we as the people don't necessarily put that standard up. We respond to what we like. And there's a lot of times when the popular decision for a given issue is not the best one. So there's a lot of layers to this. And as I mentioned, the, the Supreme Court nominee does put a lot of value on in terms of importance on the presidency. There's no question. But somehow or other, with all these ideologies that we have now, the conservatives, the liberals, the progressives, these ideologies now are becoming almost like cults, where if you disagree with me, you are my enemy. You are someone who is trying to destroy my way of life. And getting back to democracies imploding, I, this election is worrisome for me. I'm, I'm not a young pup anymore. And I don't remember an election being worrisome. But it's not so much who wins the election that worries me. It's, 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 it's our society. We are becoming the greatest threat to our democracy, much more so than the government is. Because we don't examine nuance. And a lot of the safeguards that the founding fathers put in place with a representative republic to make sure the, for lack of a better term, the inmates don't take over the asylum. A lot of those safeguards, the, there's cracks in the dam that are beginning to form. And we really have to not only hold our politicians up to a higher standard, but we have to hold ourselves up. You know, we have to make an effort not to respond to branding and, and, and marketing. We have, to, we have to take a responsibility to understand some of the issues. It's been said that, that one of the greatest safeguards to a democracy is, in fact, an educated electorate. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you've, you have a Ph.D., 
but it just means that you understand the issues. It's not just the emotional impact that they have, but there's an underlying nuance. There's a cause and effect to everything that we put through, especially in a country that is over over 300 million people in it. Anything that you do is going to have a positive effect with consequences. Okay, so these these issues need more examination than just voting for who we like. And when I talk about this branding that we have going on now and the messages that are, quote unquote, sold to the public. Here again, the president, the presidency itself, here's where our passion for ideology is putting a lot more emphasis on things that in the end don't affect us every day. When we as Americans get up every morning and go to work and worry about paying our bills, who happens to be president at any given moment really doesn't matter. And oddly enough, there's there's a saying that says all politics are local, and that's true. Your councilman, your state senator probably is having a much more direct impact on your life than the president is. But there's a good chance in America that we don't even know who those people are. We don't even know their names. And getting involved in the community, not only on a local level in terms of politics, but understanding the issues in your community, understanding some of the things that your local community may be going through, whether it's poverty or problems with the school system. These are things that require you to get your hands dirty. You can't just sit on social media or or watch cable news 24 hours a day, get all worked up about the next election four years from now and believe that you're doing something that's doing nothing. And what has resulted is the political system now in the United States, in my opinion. And, And by the way, this is my opinion, but I don't have an ideology. So if as we go through some of this, I'm sure there's a lot that I'm going to say that a lot of people are going to find disagreeable and that's fine. But if you get angry at me, you you are feeding into exactly what I am talking about. You are feeding into exactly what I am talking about because we are fed brands now. Okay. And these brands in the end have very little difference between them. Now, you can get passionate about Joe Biden. You can get passionate about President Trump. You may really like these individuals. You might hate their guts. But in the end, you are voting for Coke versus Pepsi. And in my opinion, that's the honest truth. These two individuals have very few major consequences. And I don't like this apocalyptic attitude that we have about the election. This is the most important election ever because if, if we don't elect brand a versus brand B, it's the end of our democracy. Well, you know what? In the end, you are going to be stuck with sugary, fuzzy water, no matter what. And your reaction to this branding, your reaction, your unhappiness to the outcome of this election is a lot more of a threat to our way of life than either one of these guys are. We've had President Trump for some version of four years now. We're still here. 
uh, Joe Biden has been vice president. He's been part of the federal government for decades. The country is still here. So if we really need and want to affect change, we need to change the way we judge our candidates, our knowledge of the issues at the ground floor, and our involvement in these issues needs to change. So the kind of branding that I am talking about today on this program isn't as important, isn't as as effective as it is. And that's the sad part about the branding that I'm going to talk about today. It's effective. It works. Because that is what we respond to. If we responded to nuanced, detailed policies, that's what we would be given. But we are given Coke versus Pepsi. Okay? And we get passionate about these brands. We defend them. But in the end, not that much on this level is going to change unless we change. Okay? Now... I'll start with the Republicans. I'll pick on them first. And here again, stick with me. If you're a a Republican, you're going to get mad at some of the things I'm going to say here. But don't worry, I'm I'm going to make my way around to the Democrats. And here again, this is pretty objective stuff. What I'm going to talk about here is the messaging that they use and their responses to it, how they defend their positions. And it's going to be very short and sweet. It's going to be something that you will recognize as an objective person. Okay, And, and here's the Republican general conservative brand here here it is this country was built on people who work hard if you work hard you can do anything you want all you have to do is work hard and you know what they say the harder i work the luckier i get that is true you make your own luck in america because this country was built on individualism and self-achievement. And if you work really hard, hey, we're in this really cool club. We have money. And if you work really hard, you can be part of the club too. And when you get up to be a part of that club, you're not going to want to pay taxes for all these bums out there and all these freeloaders who want everything for free. You're going to want to keep the money you earn. Let them fend for themselves. And you, you're going to want to pay as little taxes as possible. The only thing you're going to want to pay taxes for is defense because we need a strong country. And that's what America is all about. And here's the defense. Here's, here, here's how they, they argue when they get attacked. They say, if you disagree with me, if you disagree with me, you're, you're not American. You don't understand what America is all about. We're about strength and freedom. And you're anti-American if you disagree with me. You're a, you're a socialist. You're an absolute socialist. That's pretty much the Republican conservative mantra. And, and what they don't tell you is that getting into that club isn't as easy as it sounds. That's the part that they leave out. You know, I'm all, I totally agree that people like Henry Ford and Bill Gates – their individuality, their, their drive for success are things that helped build this country. It is absolutely true. It is absolutely true. I'm for rewarding hard work. But by the same token, you can't allow someone to become so successful 
that our country, in fact, becomes an economic oligarchy where no one has a chance anymore. The last person, the most recent person to become that successful in that marketplace is the way it's going to stay. Okay, you have to have some way for there always to be just that little bit of chance that the guy working out of his garage is going to be the next Bill Gates, is going to be the next Henry Ford. And we can't allow those people to get to the top, people like them to get to the top and become so powerful, make sure that nobody else can do it. Okay, so that's that's the nuance, in my opinion. Of of that presentation. Now, Democrats, by by um, by contrast, this is their message. Stick it to the rich. Stick it. Make them pay. Make those rich people pay because they're taking advantage of you. You need free this and free that. And this is all should be provided and let those people who are sitting on mountains of money pay their bare share. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And if you disagree with them, well, that's because you're privileged. You're uneducated. And any number of other things. And for the most part, those arguments work just like the ones with the Republicans work. Any little inch that you give in terms of, well, you know, I've worked really hard my whole life. And no matter what your story is, no matter how you've built yourself up, no matter what you've done to earn your success, there's going to be a reason why it was easy for you and impossible for everybody else. And... What they don't tell you, this is the part that they don't tell you, is that you can't have a society where there's more people in the wagon than there are pulling it. They know there's limitations to this. Somebody has got to go out Monday morning with a cup of coffee in their hand and go to work. And we put a lot of, a lot of weight on, on, on working people in this country, and I just don't mean working class per se, but even white collar people who have gone through a lot in the way of their education and other things to be able to produce. Um, we make them produce all of the products that we want at a fair price, and we also want their earnings to be taxed so that we can get those things for free. And that's not really an exaggeration, okay? Um Right now, we're roughly at 49%. That, that number may vary, but we're roughly at 49% in this country in terms of people that don't work. Now, that's, that's not necessarily as outstanding as it seems because a lot of those people have earned that. They've paid into Social Security. They're on retirement. Some people are legitimately on uh, disability and things like that. Although we do have an entitlement culture that's growing. There's no denying that. Everybody has some kind of thing on their list that they want for free. And it, it just can't be that this we have an aging 
population that's more and more people are going to be moving into retirement. We have more and more people now that feel that they're entitled to this, that, and the other thing. And they're voting based on those things. And it, that is not sustainable. We cannot have a situation where one working person is supporting three. It, it, it just can't work. More and more people are going to throw up their hands and say, why should I work? I'll just give me the stuff that I need to survive and that I want, and I'll just do what everybody else does. You, you, that's not sustainable. So both of these brands, both of these brands are have merit. Both of these brands have merit. There are some truth to them. That's what gives them teeth to begin with. Okay. But they're also, I would say, more flawed equally than what they have merit. And we vote based upon what pushes our buttons, okay? If you feel that you're entitled to X, Y, Z, you're going to vote a certain way. If you feel that your hard work and your taxes are going to pay X, Y, Z more so than anything else, then you're going to vote a certain way. And we need to step back from this. We need to step back from this and find balance to these issues, and like I said earlier, these, these brands feed almost cult-like ideologies now. And we need to step back from that because if we, if we don't, we're, we're not going to be choosing the right people on a local level and, and on a national level to fix these problems. Now, healthcare, for example, is something that I feel is something we need to restructure. And we need to re-examine that from the bottom up. I've talked about this before. The concept of insurance as it applies to automobiles really doesn't work with healthcare because automobile insurance is a way of managing risk. Okay. And with healthcare, everybody needs it. Not everybody is going to get into an accident. Or, or something like that in a certain group in a given time period. But everybody needs, at, at the very least, preventative health care. So these are costs that are always going to be there. And everyone at one time or another in their life is going to get sick. It is virtually guaranteed. It's not about managing risk. And uh, someone who's more prone to have a serious disease should not be thrown into an area that's high risk. That's not how you manage people's lives. There has to be a humanity for that. And that's why we shouldn't be relying on the private sector, which is largely profit driven, to be making those decisions. Now, you can divvy up what I just said and make it something ugly, that it's socialism and all these other things. But there's a way to handle that properly if both sides of this issue would come together. And recognize that both sides of this issue have merit, and both of these sides of this issue have a lot that's wrong with their point of view. Okay, but we, we can't do that. We can't do that because our leaders can't do it, and we can't do it. We as people have lost our way. It used to be back in the day of President Kennedy, and I've said this before, that being a progressive, being a liberal meant something in the spirit of JFK. Being a conservative meant something in the spirit of Barry Goldwater or Ronald Reagan. And those people, by today's standards, would not be conservatives because they're not radical enough. 
even Reagan realized that, for example, taxes need, needed to be raised at times. And this is objective. OK, he raised taxes a number of different times during his presidency or pushed them through however you want to slice it and dice the process up. OK, and uh, it just can't be that these stark representations of what it seems to be a conservative or seems to be a liberal are constantly beaten and sold into our psyche and we as the people respond to them. We have to do better as a people. So as the debates start up and as the election process starts, be aware that a lot of what you are going to hear is variations of what I just laid out. It's just spun differently, reworded and shot back out there in, in a form of some soundbite to get everybody to clap or to get everybody to boo. And the merits of these arguments are completely empty. They are completely empty. So that is my commentary for today. And I want you to know that in closing, I like Coke and Pepsi. <laughs> that's, that's strictly as an example. And I say that in jest, but you know what? That, that's the type of, of things that grab people's attention. That's the type of thing that people get pissed off about. And the greater point that you, what you're trying to make is, is lost. We are now, we're all about what about isms rather than debating a certain point on merit. It's all about what about, what about this? What about that? You stood for that, but not this. And, and that's where it goes. I like Coke and Pepsi. They are examples of what marketing should be used for. They have built very good American brands that are profitable. That's exactly where marketing and sales belong. That's exactly where they belong. Where they don't belong is selling people an ideal that doesn't exist. And that's where we as the population, we, we have to be more aware we have to be more aware that we are essentially watching debates that are orchestrated marketing, advertising infomercials is what they are. They are about making statements, each side making their statements. They're not about debating points. And we should make them debate the points. We need to reexamine how we process information, how we respond to things. And not run everything through an ideological filter. I believe that as a whole, in the wisdom still of the American public, it scares me a little right now. But I believe that in the end, we've always managed to have a certain collective wisdom, a certain collective common sense in America that prevails. And I work for a nonprofit. I'm around people who volunteer. There's some major, major, major good people out there. Okay, there's some fantastic people out there who are 10 times better people than I will ever become on my best day. And I try to be a good person, but I am not built from the same fabric, from the same elements that these people are. And there's more of them out there than what we realize. 
the people who are out there jumping up and down, yelling and screaming, hating each other on social media, they're not the people who make this country work by and large. Okay, they, they might do something else in their free time that I'm not aware of, and that's fine, but those given actions themselves do nothing. It doesn't compare with getting into your community, getting your hands dirty, understanding what your community needs, getting involved in local uh, situations, and then following suit with that on a more macro scale with presidential elections. So let's keep our heads about ourselves during this election, please. We have a great country. We're going to be just fine no matter who gets elected. And let's remember that. It's us. It's always been about the people in this country. It's always been about us as as collectively and individually that make us work. We need both concepts. We need the individuality that conservatives speak about. And we need the community, the collectiveness that liberals talk about. We need them both. You know, just like Forrest Gump said, you know, maybe it's both. Maybe it's both kind of happening at the same time. That's what we need. Once again, I am Billy Dees. I hope you enjoyed our podcast today. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you have any comments, and I'm sure some of you do, <laughs> you can tweet me at Billy Dees. I would love to hear from you. And, of course, there's the comment section on Facebook and YouTube now as well. I'm Billy Dees. Have a great week. Back next week, we got some great interviews coming up and some other things. So keep the faith. Take it easy. Keep your cool. And remember, the easiest person to fool is always yourself. Well, hello, everyone. I am Billy Dees from the self-titled Billy Dees Podcast. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and many more of the best podcast networks. Join me for my commentary and interviews. Follow me on Twitter, really easy to find, at Billy Dees. I am Billy Dees. I'd love to have you listen in.